Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 4. Paul Bunyan's Return. Part 1. So, here Paul came, once more nearing the town where he had been born. A giant figure of a fellow now, he pushed his way through the thick timber, bending aside the trees in his road as if they were stalks of grass. Following closely at his heels was Babe, with Mrs. Paul perched on his back, and Jim, the pet crow, comfortably riding on his left horn. They finally came out of the woods into a clearing, and there Paul decided to camp. It so happened that a hunter stepped into the opposite side of the clearing just about the time that Paul and his companions appeared from among the trees. Unnoticed by the newcomers, he stood for a moment gazing spellbound at what he saw. Then, with all the haste that he could muster, he sneaked back along the path that he had come and ran with all speed towards town. Breathlessly, he burst upon the crowd of loafers before old Deacon White's store and told what he had seen. I tell you, I saw it myself, he shouted angrily as his listeners laughed in disbelief. There he was, a great tall man that would make ten of any of you, yes, more than ten brushed the trees out of his way like grass he did, and he had an ox with him that's as big as any forty oxen around these parts. A blue ox at that, as blue as indigo. And if you don't believe me, you can go look for yourselves. With such defiance, he stared around at his listeners in a high and mighty manner, proud of being the center of interest. Deacon White, a very old man who was certainly the richest and shrewdest person in all this country around, had listened with interest to the hunter's story. Hmm. Well, he offered, maybe it's Paul Bunyan come home again. I don't calculate it could be anyone else. And furthermore, he went on, glancing with contempt at the men before him, if that's who it is, maybe I can get him to log off that district of mine back in the hills that none of you timid woodsmen will touch. With a snort of derision, he turned his back on them and gave orders for his chore boy to saddle his horse at once. As soon as he was mounted, he lost no time in galloping toward the clearing where the stranger was reported to be. Hello there! piped the deacon, when he was finally in sight of the camp. Be you Paul Bunyan? That's my name, Paul answered, bending low over the old man so that he could hear him better. He was very much pleased that someone remembered him after all the years he had been away. I thought so, explained the other. I'm Deacon White. Lived in these parts a long time, I have. Knew your pappy and mammy and knew you when you were a baby. <laughs> the old man's white whiskers shook as he chuckled over certain memories. 
You raised quite a ruckus around here then. Don't reckon I'll ever forget all the excitement you stirred up. And the old man chuckled again. Paul's gratification was beginning to turn to embarrassment when his visitor finally made his errand known. You showed much promise as a youngster, said the deacon. So much so that now I've come to offer you a good job of hard work that no one else is man enough to tackle. Bully for you, responded Paul heartily. That's just what I'm looking for. What is it? Prospects of a difficult task interested him at once, for along with the great strength that nature had given him, he had developed a passion for using that strength in the hardest kind of labor. It seemed a privilege for him to be able to do the grand and thrilling work of the woods. In fact, during his years as lumberman, whenever he found his men loafing on the job, as sometimes happened once or twice a season when cabin fever infected them, he would send them all back to camp to think over their shame and joyfully do all their tasks by himself. So now he listened to what the deacon had to offer. If it has to do with the woods, and if it's worthwhile, I'm your man, he promised. It's all of that, the old man told him. Back in the mountains, I have several thousand sections of fine timber that has never been touched by an axe. I need these logs for my mills, but I can't get any of these half-portion lumbermen around here to log off the tract for me. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more. All at the end of the road